0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The best singular asset available right now on any
1: of the head coaching openings is Deshaun Wilson. He is a franchise quarterback on a long-term deal. He's young. That's very enticing. Now, the best situation when you factor in a lot of things. One, the roster. Two, the draft space. Three, the contracts on the roster.
0: Things of that nature. I think it's pretty clearly the Jaguars. Because you have a chance with Trevor Lawrence, you've got a ton of draft picks, you have basically no bad contracts that are going to hinder you in a major way going forward. That being said, you know I don't know that this is a job that screams based off of the organizational history. Like you take over this job and you have a chance to you know build something special over the next ten years. Oh, man. That is Field Yates from ESPN. It is now across the board. People believe this is the best job.
1: I'm gonna freak out, man.
0: Yeah, it's the best job, Brent. Great. But I'm going to freak out. Why? uh, I know. Because
1: here's where I stand. You can say this is the best job. This is the best resume builder. You have the most tools. You have the most draft picks. You have Trevor Lawrence. That's good and dandy. But if it's truly the best job, then who's the best candidate? Who's the best head coach that the Jaguars should get them? Where we can say, you know what? It really was the best job because we got him. Who's the best GM out there right now where we can say, well, it had to be the best job because the Jaguars had him? Like every, every article that I read, everybody that I talk to, they have their own idea of who the best guy is. Like there is no clear-cut top guy like, we should get him. We should get him. So if that's not the case, then I I don't care if it's the best job or not. Let's get the best guy that fits Jacksonville.
0: Well, I guess that's why there's no clear cut. I could sit here and say, hey, Urban Meyer's the best guy, man. guy, all he does is win. Look at his track record. You could say, well, I don't want Urban Meyer. He might not be here three years. Uh, and then I would say, hey, Jim Caldwell's been a part of a couple Super Bowls. And, you know, this guy has, has done this before with a franchise QB in Indianapolis. And he's that calm, tone, cool guy. And nothing's going to – he's not. He's going to be even keel. Mm-hmm. And he's got a ton of experience. And then you would be like, yeah, but, Brady's he's 65 years old, man. I mean, he's a, hey, he, is he going to really win big again? Again, I mean, his, his game passed him by. They would bring up Marvin Lewis and be like, hey, Marvin Lewis won a lot now in Cincinnati. But, yeah, Brent, Marvin Lewis never won a playoff game, exactly. though, so how can I dream big? Yeah, That's why there's no perfect guy, man. Joe Brady. Joe Brady, hey, Joe Brady's supposed to be the next big thing. But is he? I don't know. He's 31 years old. But this is where
1: we were last year, Brent, when we were talking about this. What were we talking about? It was Matt Rule. It was Matt Rule and everybody else. And when the Carolina Panthers got Joe Brady, we were like, wait a second. They got Joe Brady now, a guy that came from Sean Payton's system that won a national championship at LSU that worked so great with Joe Burrow, and now they got him, an offensive coordinator. Like, that was a steal for the Carolina Panthers. It was the overall number one, and everybody knew it. I'm just saying right now, whether it's Marvin Lewis, whether, you know, we'll see what happens with Brady. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there, Salah. But there is no clear-cut number one, in my
0: opinion, like there was last year with Matt Rule. Well, here's who got hired. Uh, Stefanski, McCarthy, um, a bunch of these guys have already just taken places. Uh, Ron Rivera. Rule, Ron Rivera. And Rivera. Rivera. So yeah. that's it. There were only four jobs. Wow, how about that? Hmm. Only four jobs last year. And that might have been the reasoning. You know, you know, I'm a big believer in that's why they didn't. One of the reasons Shotgun didn't fire Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin. Yeah. And, and by the way, Rule said he was going back and then they lured him with that big deal. You know, he didn't initially say, I'm all in on the NFL. So that was a little bit of a tug of war as well. Yeah, because so, they gave him money. Well, they gave him money. And, that's how and, business and, and, works. And, uh, eight-year deal, I think it was, or seven-year deal. And so I think the length of that certainly was appealing uh, to Matt Rule. Uh, but I, I guess people would argue – like, I remember last year we said, hey, we argue, you could argue McCarthy the second time around. Now, that doesn't look good at all in hindsight. But – I think Rule was in there. I remember you arguing Ron Rivera could be a fit. I, I think that's just what we do. I don't know if there's a clear cut number one. No, there wouldn't be a guy available like Bill Belichick and Andy Reid aren't out there. No, but, but there's Matt, a reason.
1: No, come for on, that. Matt Rule was the clear cut guy last year. Like everybody wanted Matt Rule. He was and, and, and clear and, and cut run, until he
0: said he was going back to school, a Baylor, and then it was like, well, okay, yeah. well now what? But, but I'm saying everybody last
1: year Matt Rule was the the hot topic. Like everyone was talking about Matt Rule. I was talking about him, but I figured the Jacksonville Jaguars had no chance to get him, so I wasn't even worried about yeah. it. But like right. I'll, I'll be honest,
0: I thought he was going to the Giants. Okay. Uh, so uh, that, that's a good call. That's right. Joe Judge, I missed him in there somewhere. But yeah. The this is this is what why this different though. Okay. If let's just say Matt Rule was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we knew it from the get-go and the Jags had an opening. Mm-hmm. And and you can have your Giants job open and, and Washington open and Carolina open and the Jags open. And I know there was more to that. Dallas was open as well. Mm-hmm. But the Jags versus even Carolina last year. Mm-hmm. which Carolina wouldn't like. They had a little bit of an, they have an issue with Cam Newton. Is he healthy? What are they doing? They have new ownership. They hadn't really won that much recently. They had the one nice year. I mean, with, they're replacing Ron Rivera. Uh, they got Christian McCaffrey. That's a nice piece. They have a couple of decent pieces, but it's not like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. Carolina, I can't wait to go there. Where this year, it's like the Chargers look like a pretty good job if that got open and this mm-hmm. the Jags shot. Uh, the point being is even if Chad Khan offered Matt Rule an eight-year deal, mm-hmm. the same deal. Carolina. My guess is he would have gone to Carolina. That's why this conversation is so prevalent now. Because the Jags job last year didn't look good. The Coughlin mess with the NFLPA, the Ramsey mess, the Yannick Ngakwe, who's your quarterback at the time with Foles and Minshew, all those things. Up against the salary cap, older players that are on big deals like Calais Campbell, Mm -hmm. A.J. Boye not playing as great. And so if I'm Matt Rule and I'm just looking at those two jobs alone, and I say, okay, well, not Jacksonville, and so this year, let's just say, let's just say, Urban Meyer is says I'm in, and he's sought after. And Houston has Deshaun Watson. It's the best comp because Houston has a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. and the Jags have this job. Well, Urban Meyer might sincerely take the Jags over Deshaun Watson in Houston because of the look of this job now and what's in front of him. He's got Trevor Lawrence. He's got money. He's got control. He's got loyalty from the owner. He's got patience from the owner. He's got uh, cap space. All this stuff at his disposal, kind of that right, blank yeah. canvas. That's where it is oh, important. On, that is. That's where it's important that it is when you you could have seven or eight jobs open. Listen, but you're not seeing the big picture
1: though. Matt Rule can't like he had ties in New York. Everyone thought he was going to go to New York, right? He could have went to Dallas, man. The Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Yep. Matt Rule could have went there. Stayed in
0: Texas. He could have yeah. went
1: to Washington football team if he really wanted to, but why would you want to go to that dumpster fire at the time? At the time now yeah, it's better. Um, and then he could have went to Carolina, right? Maybe some other spots out there, but Carolina as well. Okay? And what did he choose, choose to do? He chose to say, you know what? Thanks for the offers. Thanks, Dallas. Thanks, New York. Thanks, Carolina. Thanks, Washington. I'm all set at Baylor. I'm going to keep building that program up. And then what did Carolina do? Carolina said, you know what? Let's give you eight years. Let's give you a little more money because because we value that much. And what I always say, it's not how much money you make. It's about what the money says. And Carolina offering him an eight-year contract says, we want you this much. Now, the situation wasn't even close to being as good as New York was or Dallas. And I'll fight that all day. You think Carolina... And Teddy Bridgewater and like minimal draft picks and a defense that has to be completely rebuilt is a good situation to be a part of. And Carolina, coming from the whole owner thing where all the, the racial comments and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Who want to be in Carolina? But Carolina gave him the money. So I'm telling you right now, like, I get it. The draft picks are there, all this stuff is here. But you better come with the money. Oh, yeah. I, I, see I, I see what you're you're saying. You better come with the eight years because, listen. Last year, if it's any kind of, you know, the past is prologue, let's just say. If the past shows us anything from last year, it's that regardless of the situation, regardless of if you have Dak Prescott in Dallas, regardless if you're the New York Giants, regardless if you're the, you know, Washington football team, regardless of that, you better have the money to back it up. And the Carolina Panthers did, and they got the most coveted coach in the country.
0: Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. In that sense, it's like the Jags attracting Calais Campbell. They're going to probably have to pay a couple million more dollars. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. But if all things are equal, this Jags job is very good. Somebody else, like Houston, is going to have to say, okay, we'll give you a seven year deal instead of the Jags saying we'll give you a four or five year deal. Exactly. And the money's going to be more. So, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, but, the Jags might have to commit to that anyway. That might be where the market is going, yeah. where now that rule set the standard and everybody's going to be looking for that eight year deal. Yeah. And they're just going to have to pay the price to play the game, you yeah. know? But again, if they make things equal, which they'll have the ability to do if they want to which means they basically could in in theory get whoever they want yeah. that that's the that's the idea last year i thought they could get the fifth be- they were the fifth best job of all those out there mm-hmm. this year I think they are the best job, even better than Houston with Deshaun Watson. Sure. That's my feeling. And, again, yeah. that's if all things are on an equal playing field. Again, somebody gives you a 10-year contract worth $10 million a year, it's a little well, bit different, right? No,
1: exactly. And At the end of the day, like, listen, let's just, for the sake of argument right now, let's say that Urban Meyer is the top coach out there, right? And I'm not saying he is, but I'm just saying for the sake of the argument, let's say that. So let's say everyone's trying to go after Urban Meyer. And let's say that if you're Shad Khan, you can say, well, we got Trevor Lawrence over here. We have all these draft picks over here. You know, we're in Florida. You know, no state income tax. Like, there's a lot of things to like about Jacksonville. Okay, cool. And let's say that Urban Meyer's maybe on the fence about signing that contract and he's coming to Jacksonville. You're going to get the, the top candidate at the time. But then all of a sudden, Houston goes, hey, we'll offer you eight years. We'll offer you 10 years because we value that much. Urban Meyer will then probably more than likely Go, you know what, Jacksonville, yeah, you have a lot of draft picks. Yeah, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, but they're giving me 10 years. We'll see you later.
0: By the way, there's history of that, right? The Jets in New England. I yeah. mean, he changed his mind. Belichick did. Obviously, it changed history yeah. <laughs> in the NFL. And I think the rule thing's interesting, and I'd I have to go back and read a little bit more about it. But it's almost like when Rule said, hey, I'm going back. Thanks anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate the interest. It's almost like the Giants maybe in Dallas moved on to something else. And Carolina said, hey, you know what? We're not going to move on. We're going to be, we're going to go back one more time. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's almost like they said, hey, we're not, we're not ready to give up on this. We really want that guy. We're going to show him how much yeah. we want that guy. So again, Horse I, 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 the I do think the bottom line to me is I think if the Jags want any candidate, they have the ability to get them. They might still pick somebody else, hmm. but they certainly are in the game for anybody. That was not the case last year. I, I think that's the moral of the story. Okay. Urban Meyer. Here's, I'm not a, I'm a fan of Urban Meyer from a coaching perspective mm. because I think when you win, you win. And I, I, I think this is different um, in terms of kind of that, uh, the college football recruiting culture and, and what you let slide and what's supposed to be there on campus versus what. Well, these guys are professionals, so that part of it might be, okay, whatever. And he wins, and he figures it out. I, I believe that if Jalen Ramsey, if Urban Meyer was coaching Jalen Ramsey last year, I don't think Jalen Ramsey would be gone, quite frankly. Yeah. I think Yannick Ngakwe would still be. I think he knows how to handle those players. I think he's a very, very good football coach. I think, uh, yeah, I think there's certainly reasons to, if you read enough about him or whatever, to not like him. Um, that's, that's plausible. Uh, I, I think there's some baggage there. We've said that before. Here's the reason I think the Jags are going to stay away from him, even if he wants in. Mm. I think. This is my opinion. I believe the Jaguars tried so hard in the last calendar year to get rid of drama. Got rid of the players, right? They tried to get good players in that locker room, escape from the drama. Don't have that be a headline and all these other things going on inside the building Mm. from – The Coughlin-Marone-Caldwell situation to the Ramsey situation to the Yannick Ngakwe situation to the quarterback situation. All of that. Well, Urban Meyer does bring a level of drama with him. You know, whether it's him that's kind of starting it or other people kind of claiming to ignite it. (laughs) I think there is always going to be that level of, okay, is Urban not looking good on the sideline? Is Urban mad at a press conference? Is he going to say, I'm, I'm done? Is he? There's always going to be those people. And what that does is create outside noise that's really unwarranted and unnecessary and kind of dramatic. Mm. And for that reason, I actually think they're not going in that direction. I think Shad Khan doesn't want that. I think that's one of the things he's learned out of this football team over the last however many years and their lack of success and lack of ability to sustain success is that you can't avoid all drama from your locker room and from your building. But the more you can, the better chance you have Mm -hmm. to stay even keeled, sustain success and all those things. And by the way, especially with a young, young football team, Mm -hmm. it avoids a lot of that. And that's, again, to Doug's credit. You know, they and Dave Caldwell—they brought in those kind of guys, and it looks like they avoided that. Remember, I've been clamoring for somebody to throw something, and nobody has. (laughs) So they've—they've kind of avoided that outside of maybe the Minshew situation, and even that wasn't as wild as it probably could have been, uh, given the circumstance and the nature of that position. So I think I'm not—I don't think longevity is an issue with Urban Meyer. If you could bring Urban Meyer in for four years, sign me up right now, man, if he wins. We'll figure it out in four years. You know, I don't think that's an issue, at least for me. I'm not even sure that's an issue for a guy like Shad Khan. I think the issue might be, you know what, there might be a little bit here too much along with the winning Mm -hmm. that we have to deal with that could get in the way of sustaining success. And I think that might be a turnoff on the Urban Meyer front, even if he's willing to make the jump to the NFL and get back in.
1: Yeah, I mean, to essentially paraphrase, you're talking about being a distraction,
0: yeah, and um at the head coach position. You yeah,
1: know? you know, and to be fair, I think from a national perspective, that could definitely be the case. And we know how NFL players, they always listen to what people got to say. Um, You know, I think from the low, like, listen, if you're Urban Meyer, though, and you're worried about that, I mean, Jacksonville's a pretty good place to, you know, I think, That's to come, home. right? Because there hasn't been a lot of success here. So expectations, I think, even with Trevor Lawrence coming to town, would be very low. So... It would be a beneficial spot for him, but I definitely understand what you're saying because it's not a situation where you're a great recruiter. We can bring in your own guys that you go out and get, and it's like, all right, well, I got my guys here now. Let's win. It's a little different than that. Like You got your guys that you draft, but it's not the exact same thing. And instead of shaping young men, well, now you have a bunch of grown men in the locker room that you got to make work. They, they you have to make work play for you. And like we said, we can expect this next coming year to probably go, you know, a little slippery to start things off with. And that's the question is how can Urban Meyer overcome the adversity? Because let's be honest, he's been a front runner a lot. Right. And I mean, that in then the most positive way uh, that I can say it, because everywhere he's went, he's won. But what happens when you start losing a little bit that first season? What well, what happens yeah. when, you, when you face the adversity? Like we get it, man. You're a fantastic winner. But are you a good loser? There's a we good, don't
0: know. There's a good piece by Stuart Mandel in The Athletic I read last night about Urban just doesn't handle losing well. Mm-hmm. He's a terrible loser. And Which this I is, like. Well, but, well, you like you know, that, right? Yeah. And this is why... It's led to his health issues, and the health issues are real around Urban because of that. And Mandel has a relationship that goes way back even right before Florida. goes back to the Utah days with him, and he, he talks about it. It's, it's an interesting article. It's a good read about it. And you are going to lose in the NFL. You're not losing once or twice in a season. You're yeah. probably, even if you're good, you lose five or six times sometimes, of course. and you can still go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's an interesting facet to it. The, the curiosity, is there some selfish, well, Listen, we're all selfish in, in things that we like to do. And is their selfish nature, feed the ego a little bit, feed the beast of Urban Meyer to say, I want back on that sideline. And is he thinking more in the short term of, I really just want to, I, I, this thirst still exists to be on that sideline and go compete. Mm-hmm. You know, I love talking the game on Fox every Saturday, but I want to be on that sideline, man. I want to compete. And I wonder if that's Urban trying to get back in. Yeah, this might be a good situation. Yeah, he's wanting to try the NFL. But are these all self-serving reasons to get back in instead of, yeah, I'm okay with this. I can handle losing now. I've changed. My life work balance is better. You know, this is a better fit for me because the NFL doesn't have recruiting and I have to be on the road. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's still stressful, but I can handle it now. Like, is he thinking of those things or is he more thinking, I just want to get in because I got that thirst. I got that thirst to compete, compete, compete. And I'm yeah. still 56 and if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it because I'm going to run out of time.
1: Listen, I think the ego in him and just his philosophy would say he's, he's there for the long haul. That's just my opinion. Now, if it goes sideways real quick, then who knows? But I think if he was to be the coach, um, he would be committed. That's just my opinion, though. But a question that that needs to be asked is the fact that you have the youngest roster right now in the entire NFL, all right? You have a a young locker room that needs to be molded, cultivated, and shaped to win a Super Bowl, right? And do you think that it does a team a detriment when you bring in a guy from college to the pros who's obviously making that jump, we've seen the jump before, how it pans out. Some good, not, some not so good. But my point is that you bring in a head coach that needs time to adjust as well. Like, this isn't the college game. Yeah. It takes a while to yeah. learn the, you know, the. and I, listen, I think Art Meyer's got a, g- a great mind in building a culture. We played that soundbite from, from, I think it was Fox Sports yep. uh, a couple months ago. That was a great soundbite, and, and he gets it. We, we share, we're essentially cut from the same cloth. We share a lot of the same principles of what it takes to build a locker room. My question has to be, though, do you have the time and do you have it within you to learn real quick and get this team underneath your wing? Because there isn't time in the NFL to say, hey, guys, I got to learn how. No, like you either go, you either have it or you don't have it. And with the youngest team in the NFL – you have to
0: have it day one. Yeah, the people close to Urban again, if you read stuff, have said that he's been studying this for a long time. So yes. it's, this isn't like, okay, I think I'll just try this. No, for you sure. know what I mean. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, I got to add before we go to break. Jim Caldwell, Marvin Lewis, these are steady guys. These are the opposite of Urban Meyer in the terms of no drama. Like, do they have a pulse, kind of guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I'm going to just be as blatantly honest as I can. Hit me with it. I think Jim Caldwell and Marvin Lewis seem like unbelievably good men. Yeah. I think they would be fantastic molding a young group of men. One of them is 65, Jim Caldwell. One of them is 62, Marvin Lewis. I'm just being as honest as I can. If they were 10 years younger, I would like them more as candidates. Hmm. And, and, And is that on me? Is that because I think the game has evolved? Is that because I think the player has evolved, or is that because I just watched Tom Coughlin not be able to do it the second stint here in Jacksonville? That has me a little bit scared of that. And but be honest with you, if you know me as if you've listened to me, I've always been a fresh blood kind of guy. Like I want the new coach. Like I'm more interested in Robert Sala and seeing if he can be the next great coach in the NFL. Yeah. Because I don't know it. Like that actually that is entertaining to me that 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 appeals to me yeah but like i'm not sure shod would be thinking that way shod's in his 60s shod's like hey we need somebody to steady this thing but we need somebody that will be relatable who's been it before who's shown an ability to win before so i could understand shod coming with that point of view and these two guys would fit that mold and maybe i'm wrong maybe they don't need to be 52 and 55 so listen
1: If And I see what you're saying here. If I'm trying to break this down to Shad Khan, and we're talking about do you go with like an old school kind of guy or a new school kind of guy, I tell it to Shad like this. Take away your pre- preconceived notions of what a coach looks like. I'm talking physical features and how old he is. Okay. I don't care how old a coach is. I don't care if he's 21 years old or if he's 70 years old. You can be 21 years old and be old school. You can be 70 years old and be new school. Wade Phillips, a guy I wanted to see here as defensive coordinator. He's as new a school as they come. And he's early 70s. Watch, watch him on Twitter, man. Good like point. He can relate to his players. So when we say he's an old coach or he's a new coach, I think of it like this. If this coach is willing to come in and try something new and be able to adapt, he's a new school coach. If this coach is going to say, we're going to do it this way, here's, what we, how, here's how we win, we do it this way, it's my way, I'm setting the ship, then you're an old school coach simple as that so when we talk about you know caldwell listen I, i'm a big fan of jim caldwell because i felt like he didn't get his fair shake in detroit right did you
0: play for him in detroit no I mean, was he there no when you no, there? no you it, just missed him Right? No, i just missed
1: him yeah, yeah I thought so. but i do respect jim caldwell because listen and keep in mind like this is kind of going from the, the other side of what i believe in in a defensive minded guy Jim Caldwell is an offensive-minded coach, right? He's worked with Andrew Luck, I believe. Yeah. Obviously, um, you know he's a quarterbacks coach, so he he can relate to the quarterback. Actually, which is he would worked with thing. Peyton. Yeah. Okay. So not, maybe not they, Luck. Not Luck then, but um,
0: he lost big to get Luck.
1: Exactly. But he, <laughs> but he worked with Stafford, and listen. He had Detroit's best season by far. Yeah, He went to the playoffs with the Detroit Lions. Twice. Who else can say that? Twice. Good call. Twice. Who else can guy say knows that? knows how to win. And listen, Matt Patricia comes in the first year. Matt Patricia's like, oh, this guy might have something special. You know why? Because it was it was Caldwell's culture still. And no disrespect to Matt Patricia, but as he progressed as a coach, what happened to the Lions, man? They went in the dumps. So all I'm trying to say is if I'm trying to advise shot, Khan right now, take the age out of it. Go to the personality, man. Are they old school? Are they new school? And I think I think Caldwell has it within himself to adapt a little bit, especially being an offensive minded guy, as opposed to your defensive minded guys who are a little more intense, a little more stubborn, if you will.
0: Two head coaching stints in the NFL. He's been around the franchise QB. Yeah, that might be a valuable commodity here I for like Shad it. Khan as well. Here's the one thing I will say, and believe <clears throat> again, I'm not a guy that says, "Hey, Urban Meyer." I'm not sure if he's going to be here for more than three or four years. Mm. Well. Jim Caldwell, sixty-five. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that doesn't mean he can't coach until he's seventy, but I would say he's most likely not coaching until he's seventy-five. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking like coach for the next eight to ten to twelve years, the entire career of Trevor Lawrence, probably not. Yeah, you know. So I, I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe Marv Levy or whatever. You know, and Romeo Cornell's still coaching right now. So yeah. But I, and again, I, I'm probably getting too wrapped up in the age part of it. But again, we just had that it felt like it felt like Jacksonville went backwards with with Tom Coughlin the second time around. Yeah. In hindsight. Yeah. These guys are a different breed than Coughlin. Well, because we know Coughlin's old school, man. He's yeah. stuck in his ways. Yeah. It is and, what it is. And, and even these guys feel like personality-wise they're different. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting. Uh, those are the names floating around out there. Uh, I will say, uh, now I just lost it, but Gene Fournette did report that basically what he's hearing, uh, Gene Fournette from the Florida Times Union, what he's hearing is that they are not going to take a shot on like one of these young upcomer coordinators, offense or defense that has no head coaching experience. Hmm. That's what he's hearing. So that would eliminate guys like Oof. Arthur Smith and Dable and and even a Robert Sala. Uh, so wouldn't even be in. It would be more the Caldwell's, the uh, Marvin Lewis's, the, enemy the Urban bias. would Myers. be out
1: there, though. it's always been a kind of a hot name. Who's that? B- 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 from and from B- Kansas enemy from Kansas City. Too.
0: So that's interesting, right? That narrows the pool down, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, it's just a yeah, report a what support. he's hearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine they would eliminate that, but maybe they're taking their first look at these other coaches that have had experience and big experience like Caldwell-Lewis and maybe even an urban buyer. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be a wild week and a half, two weeks, whatever, how long it takes uh, in Jacksonville to make some of these decisions. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Kyle Trask is playing in the Cotton Bowl, but none of his receivers and weapons are. Should he play? It's next on ESPN 690. Brett Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. DeRecho. Austin Lane.
1: Iowa State Cyclones. What you should call them the DeRechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not,
0: man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on
1: ESPN 690. We're getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of <laughs> and they care about it. So if you can't go out there and you can't work out, you can't show up on time, you can't practice, you can't want to go out there and win, you shouldn't be here because this is a privilege. It's the greatest job in the world. You get to go out and play a game. If you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest, that's f***ing. There are people every week that still tweet to you, that still come up to you and say, Hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you. They have no reason whatsoever to. We stink. But they care, and they still want to win, and they still want you to be great. That's who I feel the most bad for is our fans and the people who care so deeply in this city and the people who love it and who truly want it to be great.
0: Nine out of ten. I feel like I've been saying that same speech for the last ten years.
1: Nine out of ten,
0: all right? Why not ten? That's a good speech. Why? Because he should have finished
1: up by saying, if you want to eat crap, then go to Burger King. If you want to eat fresh, go to Subway. <laughs> Smile at the camera. Exit stage left. J.J. Watt, you do your thing, man.
0: Okay, I mean, you, you have to throw a little Subway reference in there. I see you every single day on, on the commercials. That had the feeling of Tim Tebow's promise. Yeah, he wasn't crying, though, man. Was way, was, and they had hey, no more games to man. play.
1: Wisconsin guys don't cry now, okay? We suck it up because we're blue collar.
0: You know what? I kind of this is unfair to J.J. Watt. Careful. Um, but here is my take on that. Careful. Is he is so legendary? I believe in Houston, mm-hmm. and like you said before, he couldn't win, and then never won big, and and all that. And I think this was like his way of saying this was his final words. Like he had a final exclamation mm-hmm. of, "Hey, don't forget this is." J.J. Watt's time is done in Houston, and I'll be somewhere else next year. Mm-hmm. But remember, I gave it my all. Like, this was like his goodbye speech, in sure. essence, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of that in there. I mean, why would it come in week 15 of the season? Or week 16 Whoa. of the season? Why not week, like, 8 when you're, you are you know, 3 and 5, and you got a chance to really change things around, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched a little bit of that game on Red Zone, though. And the way that game went, like, listen, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. And the, and they're Joe Burrowless, okay? And they're they're missing their starting running back and Mick. And uh, I'm mixing. Uh, Giovanni Bernard's having a field day. Like, they just got outclassed, outmanned at home. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah, they're not a good like, team. No, but like when you give up 37 points to the Joe Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals, that's embarrassing. And like the defense falls on him, so
0: of course he's upset. I, no, listen. There's no – I'm not trying to compare it to Jacksonville. but Jackson aren't a good team either, and they got beat twice by Houston. But make no mistake, we saw Houston up close and Houston all year. They're not good. Like They're, mm-hmm. they're lucky they have Watson. He's mm-hmm. been very impressive to even keep them in games, but they are not good at a lot of levels of, of their team. I mean, yeah. they're, they're really not. They have – you talk about void of talent outside of that QB position – not a lot of it. I know Laramie Tunsil's yeah. Pro Bowl guy. They have some. Cooks is all right, man. But- listen, you can name as many players on Houston, is my point, as you can on the Jags and say you like them. Sure. Other than Watson. Obviously, Watson's a lot different in that respect. But here's the difference, though.
1: Nobody thought Jags would do anything this year. No, they beat the Colts, and we were on the hype train a yeah, little yeah. bit
0: for a week. But did anybody expect big things out of Houston? I thought well, like right, they yeah, did. I they, mean, they come on, Bill O'Brien, you are you Brennan a magician Cooks about before? this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair, yeah, fair. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, good I point. mean, we understand they're gonna be four and eleven this year. That's for sure. No, you're right. You're right. Well, actually, I did kind of predict Bill O'Brien would get fired. Yeah, you know, you called that one. I did. Yeah, kind of nailed that one. Can we go back hey, to that show? Hey, you get trade away Hopkins. For David Johnson, you got any more brain busters? Well, listen, I mean, we did bold predictions, no, but, and I said he'd be fired halfway through the year. But, That's pretty hey, damn bold but predictions. But and,
1: and I remember, though, I remember what you said, too, about Brandon Cooks. Hey, Brandon Cooks can stay healthy. Will Fuller can stay healthy. They got a pretty good wide receiving core. Kenny Stills, I remember you said that, I did, too. But I they know. don't have any of them. They yeah, haven't no, stayed healthy. No, well, uh, steroids, too, are an issue. <laughs> It's 2020. Brent Who's doing steroids. Brandon Cooks, Cooks has had himself some nice games. Why is a games? wide receiver doing
0: steroids? No, seriously, answer I my question. Know. Why am I not doing steroids? you in the trenches. Brent, you're in the trenches. Do some steroids. Does man. my voice get deeper if I do steroids? I don't uh, maybe. Know. I don't think that... Ask, I don't know.
1: Probably don't higher, right? If, yeah, it might be, get hot. You're a radio <laughs> guy, right? <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, it might go backwards. <laughs> Maybe
1: <it's, laughs> singing that song. Uh, the Trevor Lawrence coming to town song. Yeah. <laughs> as alto. Or soprano, I guess. You're a
0: radio guy. If If we found out that steroids could make our voice a little deeper, would we do it?
1: Yeah. If I could come out here sounding like Barry White, I would. You just talk deeper. That's all you got to do. Just, just talk deeper. Talk like just smoke cigarettes. Oh, uh, no, yeah. Hey. Well, yeah. Get, get a little raspiness to your voice. So people with that raspiness you know, kind I of
0: actually thing. Well, uh, okay. I had a teacher that told oh. me to do that once. Smoke yeah. cigarettes? Yeah, well, because I was on the radio stage. Yeah, I've was like, i heard of, Drink whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get a little like, raspiness like, in your voice. Yeah. Look at Mick Jagger, man. Killing the game still. I know he drank his fair share of whiskey and smoked cigarettes. It. I'm sure. Hey, uh, my buddy Pat DiRico just m- messaged me. And said, uh, you know, nobody's talking about Josh McDaniels anymore. That's interesting. Has the ship sailed on on Josh McDaniels? Are people like hands off on McDaniels? I know they haven't been good this year. They're yeah. kind of. He kind of feels well. a little bit like Byron Leftwich. Right. Like, Leftwich isn't being talked about anymore at all. And so yeah, yeah. it's almost like Brady said Brady's like suppressed Leftwich, mm-hmm. and obviously leaving New England. They aren't very good this year. Their offense hasn't been good, really, in a couple of years. Even with Brady, hasn't been dynamic. And so as, and then you add the McDaniel's turning away the Colts job after taking it. Yeah, is is, it, is he kind of like See, this untouchable guy right now? No, it, it, it's so
1: weird because you're absolutely right. And it seems like when we're talking about head coaching candidates, where they're coming from, you're only as good as your last season, right? Like no one's talking about Josh McDaniel's. Um, And I think, like, listen, the circumstances in New England, obviously with Cam Newton, listen, you try to make it work, it didn't work, okay? I'll be the first one to say Cam Newton going to New England probably wasn't the best idea, okay? Now that the team's doing, eh, okay, but Cam Newton as a quarterback, he may have seen his last couple reps as a starting quarterback in this league. It's simple as that. So, yeah, that hurts McDaniels a little bit, but if you look at his overall resume, I mean, how can you go against that? Because one bad year with Cam Newton, now all of a sudden Josh McDaniels isn't on, on, the, on the front topic anymore. I still think he is. I think he's a dark horse. I think he's an underdog. But
0: he's not that hot topic anymore because we don't have Tom Brady throwing five touchdowns a game in his offense. Keep in mind, when the J- the last cycle, McDaniels was in the mix. And the story yeah. we heard with McDaniels is he wanted to blow it up. And in hindsight, he was wrong because in 2017 they went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, But... Years later, they blew it up anyway. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know? So it was interesting. That was his take at the time. Like, that's what we heard, at least. That's like, he, shot was like, no, we're close. We've built this thing up. We're close enough. We don't want to go backwards. It is built, Brent. Yeah. I mean, he didn't Unquote. say that year. Okay. 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 But that was 16 when they said uh, that and then went 3 and 13. But yeah. the point, and shot wasn't wrong there. If that is true story, which is, again, what we heard, that McDaniels was in the mix. I, now you don't have to blow anything up. You've got everything right in front of you. It's mm-hmm. a blank canvas almost here in Jacksonville. And McDaniels does have had coaching experience. So if they did, and they love New England, the, the cons like the New England model. in the model, and yeah, yeah. Belichick, and respect well, for Kraft. Who doesn't like and, the New England model? Well, they, they, don't, they all like it until they hire their assistant coaches and nobody does anything. Thank you. You know, So it is an interesting one to keep an eye on. Although I really feel like that Colt situation was bad for mcdaniel's i mean it just does a bad look it's a scary look it's an embarrassing look now the colts ended up being victorious out of that they get frank reich who i don't know if mcdaniel's could have done a better job than frank reich is doing Mm -hmm. although maybe in the second half he could have yesterday uh so (laughs) halftime adjustments yeah (laughs) so it's a it's an interesting thing you know in, in that regard um but keep an eye on that. I, I hadn't really thought much about McDonald's. Mc, McDonald's. McDaniel's. This you got thinking Burger King and McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, this cycle. Oh boy, he fresh. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I keep hearing the name thrown back at me of Byron Leftwich. Although I just don't really think that's a real possibility right now either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you brought up something really interesting. If they go ahead, coach, show, you're keep you're leaving out the enemy. You're leaving out Brian Dable. You're leaving out Arthur Smith. You're leaving Smith. out, a you're leaving out, out big Robert names, Sala. And right now, to be honest with you. Robert Sala is a guy that I got a feeling, man, he's going to be really good. I, I got a feeling he's going to be really good. I know he's not an offensive guy, but I just feel – I've been around Sala a little bit, and maybe that's why I'm thinking it. I'm trying to distance myself from that, but I think he's got a chance to be a really good coach. I, I think he's got a lot of the – he's got a lot of great qualities to be a coach. That doesn't make you one. No. Uh, there's a lot that has to go right. He'd have to bring an, a great offensive mind with him as well. But I would seriously lean and, – and, you know, we've talked about this enough – I don't know enough about Dodds in Indianapolis. That's the connection everybody makes because they almost got the Cleveland gig last year. It was Sala and Dodds being rumored about. I don't hate that though. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. I don't well, hate that. And listen, I'm not going to base this off one game because I mean, I, I've, been a, I've
1: been a big Robert Sala fan ever since I talked about the wide nine. I mean, he implemented that yes. right. He brought in Chris Kasiric from Detroit.
0: Yeah. But oh, well, say it on Saturday. Oh, uh, I know. Oh my right?
1: gosh. Well, here, here we go. Right, but um. And keep Kyler Murray's name out your mouth. Okay? I w- I I'm will. talking about him. I'll, not, I'll you put Kingsbury. I
0: I, suck <laughs> I I turned off my fire pit yeah. based on Kingsbury's coaching yeah. Saturday.
1: Yeah, by the way, Amazon Prime. Just put it to the regular Amazon channel. It was not <laughs> Prime watching Kyler Murray just get absolutely assaulted in the backfield. But with that being said, listen, San Fran's defense right now, decimated by injury. Robert Sala had that team playing. And like what I like about Sala is the energy. Right? Like, that's contagious. We see he's having fun. Yeah, he's intense. He is intense. He scares me. He has fun without lot. He scares me. Like, I'm not going to. If if he's that coach, I'm never going to ask him that guy a question because, like, (laughs) listen, dude, like, you just do you, man. Like, you scare the heck out of me. But in terms of the energy, in terms of having fun, there's no coach that I've seen more as a candidate.
0: Robert Sala I, and that's that's inspiring to me that's that's contagious if you watch that game Saturday is very few times in the NFL where you watch an a, a one coach outcoach the other coach yeah and that was it yes sir like that was Robert Sala exhibit a just crushed Cliff Kingsbury that yep. wasn't about San Fran's defense yep. and Arizona's offense no. that was about two guys on the sidelines just out. Absolutely destroyed Kingsbury in that game.
1: This is about Will. Oh, that's cool. You got a backyard fireplace. I sleep on the ground.
0: I, I sleep in the gravel. and ate gravel for breakfast. <laughs> Pretty boy Kingsbury. That game did a lot for Robert Sala. I don't think he needed it. Didn't need it. But it did a lot for him. All right. I do want to ask this question. If you're Kyle Trask, would you play in the bowl game with all these guys out? We'll do that when we come back. And a couple final thoughts on Trevor Lawrence. I don't feel like we've talked about him in like an hour. Let's bring Trevor back up <laughs> when we come back on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 6 Night.
1: Uh, and you got an opportunity to come to what I believe is probably one of the greatest cities, you know, to, to enjoy. You got beaches, you got a river, you got. I really love this town so it's a great town and shoot if I was a fan for another team and I couldn't you know if I have a choice of going to a game in cold weather or coming down here to Jacksonville and, and watch my team play i think I think those things are happening I think they're probably happening for you know a lot of these teams that are um, you know
0: letting people into their stadium so i don't I don't look at it as anything um, you know negative or 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 distracting for us you know our our focus is is on the field and trying to win football games but I think this year with COVID, you you know, as you know, we've we've seen that, and I think I, I think I think you would expect that. That was Doug marone yesterday after the game. I don't know if he got the true nature of that question. I think the question that's essentially was saying was it weird that Jags fans were cheering? Yeah. But it's uh, in fairness to him, like it's it's hard to tell which ones are Jags fans and which one Chicago. Yeah. You know. So, um, and I think that's what he was, especially in the pandemic, that. 17,000 people there or 15,000 people there. It was an odd scene. It's been an odd 10 days, no doubt about it. But it's been unbelievable in a sense. Almost a lot of fun, but it's been unique. I told you, by the way, the ratings would be better. Yeah. And they were. I mean, the ratings were way up for this game compared to the last two weeks. Yeah. Based on the interest of the Jags losing. Just yeah. astonishing. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Well, what you got? It,
1: it, was, it was a weird experience, like watching it on TV, because obviously Coos and I have been banned for the press box. We're, we're bad boys. Um, but R- Rich Gannon. Like, is this the first time Rich Gannon called the Jaguars game?
0: No, but I highly doubt he's paid a lot of attention to it.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, like, I mean, believe me when I say, like, it was noticeable how disappointed he was. Like, you would have thought, like, his own kids were playing in this game because he was <laughs> so disappointed. Like, I, I can't believe they're not going to double Allen Robinson. This is ridiculous. Like, dude. So much for being unbiased, like, he must have lost a lot of money. He must have bet the Jaguars' money line for some reason. <laughs> he, he must have got a bad <laughs> intel because the way that guy was just pissed off at the world for calling this Jaguars
0: game, it was insane, man. Uh I've got a question for you. Kyle Trask, should he play in the bowl game? There's no Kyle Pitts. There's no... Kadarius Tony got his name this time, wasn't in the blank memory bank. Nailed it. Uh, Well, it's opt-out. Trevon Grimes Mm -hmm. opted out. Kyle Trask, who's going to probably be a first, second-round pick, I would think, at this stage. Should he play in the Cotton Bowl without those weapons? Risk injury, risk performance and hurt his stock against Oklahoma at all. What should Listen, he do? Listen, uh, I know
1: injuries happen in the game of football. Injuries can happen in the squat rack we are prepping for the combine. True. Okay, injuries happen everywhere you go. My point though is, I think Kyle Trask is a great story because he didn't transfer out, right? Like he he mined his time. He mined his time and he became the starter and he became a Heisman hopeful and he probably became a first round draft pick. See it through, man. You know what? Like if you yeah. truly want to play, um, this is your moment. This is your bowl game. Uh, you know, Cotton Bowl, Big Game, Oklahoma, all that stuff. And I get it. Some of the guys are going to be out on each team. That's fine, man. Like this is your moment. You've earned it. And if you want to play in it and lead your team,
0: then I'm going to stop you. I agree with you. I, I understand the business decisions, but I also don't fear injury. Yeah, you shouldn't. I don't. Trust me, you're playing the wrong sport if you're injured injury in football. By the way, quick story. i I got I to gotta share a couple things. Here comes an injury pro, story. Pro Focus, Jalen Ramsey coverage versus DK Metcalf this season. Yeah. Ready for this? 76 snaps, five targets, one catch. In two games? 76 snaps, five targets, one catch. That's in two games. That's how good Jalen Ramsey is, by the way. That's ridiculous. Um, but thanks for the pick. It keeps going higher and higher. We appreciate it, L.A. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Oh, you speaking of injury. i got to yeah. tell the story. I wish there was a camera in our studio happen again? not for the um singing okay but yesterday i go back in i have to go do morning sports so that's like after the shows yeah and i kind of forgot about it so i had to get dressed again go to do it well the guy who's in the studio the studio tech as they call him i see him sweeping okay. right as i'm walking in because there's a hallway there and i don't think anything of it, just cleaning up whatever mm-hmm. if it's if, i guess he does it all the time well i take a step into the studio and then another step, and we just flat out, like, wipe out. Like, I'm talking walkway or a driveway on black ice. I just, Is he waxing the floors or I what? just hit it, man. I mean, like, cr- like go down big time. I'm so, Like, I almost wish there was a camera for this. But there's not. But apparently he was mopping the floor. Oh, yeah, so it was, man. Like, I couldn't believe. Like, I didn't take, like, this weird step or anything. I just took one step, but I had, like, dress shoes on. Yeah. and. Boom! Yeah, yeah. You took were a day, man. you like, I'm an athlete. I got this, and then game over a right? little bit, or a little you bit. All right? Yeah, I thought it was gonna hurt a lot I more. mean, man, you got a messed up neck. You fell on the on, on some wet floor. I know. I had to. I've, in in one mm. week, I had to put somebody on my shoulders that, yeah. that obviously has eaten a lot around the holidays. Yep. And shots fired. Shots fired in, in the, the studio. In the studio. So are, are you gonna sue that guy? I don't know. It's it's a lot of hard work, is what I'm trying to tell <laughs> okay, you. Gotcha. You think football's tough? I would have sued him. Trevor Lawrence. I'm kidding. Him. I don't sue Jacked people. up Jacksonville. More Trevor Lawrence talk coming up. Jags report live 7 o'clock on Fox 30. We also have live local loud coming up next. We'll talk more NFL tomorrow. A little year in review as well. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget to check out ESPN690.com. Our Deck the Doors campaign is closing down in the next couple of days. If you want to be a part of that. Also, the Dream 18 card for a golf discount is available on espn690.com. That's going to do it for a Monday Trevor Town in Jacksonville. We get to talk about it for months. The Jags are on the clock. Mm. Hey uh, National Media come at us.